A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. World Dairy Expo is the Super Bowl of showing cattle. And this isn't just coming from me. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Patrick Maddox operates Ruan Genetics in California. He's been coming to World Dairy Expo for more than 40 years. The best cows are here. All the people are here. So it's just the place to be if you have uh, good cows. So you can't miss. Even uh, back when it was in Waterloo, we used to go back had showed there as well. So when we've had some good cows, we try to get them here to compete against the best. Yeah, getting them here, that's my big question. How do you transport cattle from California to Wisconsin? Yeah, we have a like semi-truck trailer, but it's a long flatbed. It's extra wide, a lot of room so the cows can lay down. But we pipe in water and a vacuum line right there so the cows never have to get on, even though it's a three-day trip. They can milk them right there. They can lay down. We can water them, feed them in the truck. And so it's a big, flat trailer one of the best ways to bring them out on a trip that long. These are dairy cows. They need milk. How often do you have to do it? Do you have to stop? Oh, yeah. Every, we stir stop on every 12 hours and in between two just to check in on them. But every 12 hours, they will stop and milk them. Like I said, inside the trailer because they've had the vacuum line up in there. They just carry the bucket up in the trailer and they will milk them in the stalls and feed them. And, and they have the water line there, so they got water Judge sitting there the whole time. Yeah, we milk them and water them and feed them right in their spot there, so we don't have to unload them, reload them. If you had a gooseneck or other type of trailer, you'd actually stop, pull them out, water them, feed them, walk them around, let them rest a little bit. But the way we're doing it now, it's just a few breaks along the road, and we uh, continue on. So, But it's a good two-and-a-half to three-day trip for us. Where do, when you're milking on the road, where does the milk go? It's just have to go down the drain. There's really nothing to do unless you happen to pull up a place and give it, give it to somebody to sell calves. You don't, you can't give it to people. You know, that's illegal. And so unless you had come up to a calf ranch, so most of the time you just dump down the drain. How many cows did you bring here this year? Yeah, we brought five of our own and plus five for other people as well. So we're helping other people out. And uh, that's a typical number for us for a string, just bringing our best. Because it is quite expensive and labor-intensive to bring them all the way here. Yeah, labor-intensive. How many people does it take? Well, we do have, uh, I think, uh, five employees, another couple of students helping out. And so, and of the five, we, three of them have a lot of experience, uh, over five years of going to shows. So they know what to do. They know the routine. You know, so it's like a 24-7 watching the cows. So we have a good crew. People forget these are show animals. They need other products. Uh, you can't, you know, it's not just the cow that goes to the ring. It's the prep work. It's the cleanup. It's the trimmers. What do you all have to bring with you as far as supplies? Yeah, that's one of the hardest thing is because we're so far away, three days away. You got to plan for the whole week for all situations. So you got quite a, quite a box full of air, all the medicines, all the tools, everything you might need. You know, certainly you can find something here, but you need it right away. So uh it's quite that's probably the biggest thing is the last week or 10 days before we leave is making sure and packing everything we all the feed we need all the medicines all the tools give us an example of what someone can find in that in that show box some people say it's more products than miss america uses well you know first thing is we got them clean so of course there's brushes and soaps and stuff like that to get them clean and there's dryers so we dry them off and and then there's uh, clippers to clip the hair there is some products that will like set the hair, like a hairspray or something similar to that, and uh, and a few you know things uh, 
a little bit of paint, you know, just to match it. You have to cover the glue and stuff like that. So there's a few things. Yeah, it is, uh, you know, it is like setting hair and doing hairdos. And when they go in the ring, yeah, they're black, they're shiny, they're all the hair set up, the tails are fluffed out. And uh, yeah, they look like uh, going to Miss America by pageant for sure. <laughs> yeah, a lot of pretty ladies out there competed in the ring. Let's talk about now the weather out, out west. You guys, California faces wildfires, natural disasters, and this year pretty bad droughts out west. Has that impacted dairy cattle? Yeah, it certainly has. You know, probably the drought more than anything else because uh, on a drought, you're like this, everything is irrigated. So we have a big reliance on our wells. And we have this drive year, we had to rely on our wells very heavily. And if your well went out or such a long wait to uh, try to get a new one put in or redone or fixed, you're, you might have lost uh, some crops. So some guys cut their corn wherever it was out if they had a well go out or it went, you know, or if the pump water pump flew too far down. Our own case, we're in a good water area. Certainly the water, may, uh, water level may have dropped more this year than normal but we didn't have to do that in our crops. But there's certain areas of California that did happen. Either they didn't plant or they planted less or they had to just cut the crop off wherever it was at, you know, especially corn silage. Usually other like crops like uh, almonds and vines, the permanent crops to make sure they get water and, uh, and the crop, short crops like corn is the ones they would cut off, try to keep the alfalfa going, you know, they would keep it in as well. As far as the wildfires are all up in the mountains, but the smoke, can come into the valley. Uh, it can make it on a hot day, make it more miserable than uh, than not. But other than that, you don't have. I'm sure it affects some cows if they already had lung issues, you know, like pneumonia and stuff like that. But other than that, it doesn't affect the cows that much. But it'll just be a haze in the valley from the smoke coming in from the mountains. We're seeing a lot of relief programs in Minnesota and some in Wisconsin. Uh, drought relief for livestock farmers and crops as well. Are you guys seeing that too? Not not statewide, but certainly the federal aid. You know, there there's a lot of uh, some FSA programs. You know that we're certain guys take advantage of. Uh, uh, just it doesn't have as much impact because a lot of them are are based on uh, dairy the size, and so they max out at about 200 cows. And most of dairy average size dairy size in California is over 1,500 head, and so when it's maxed out for 200 head, most dairy farmers it doesn't help as much as it would as the dairy in Midwest. Uh, smaller dairies so interesting so uh, you mentioned they're trying to keep alfalfa going I'm sure for hay uh, what do hay prices look like right now yeah certainly they're hot you know milk cow hay is over uh, is like a 270 280 range per ton uh, rice stock hay still 220 230 <laughs> things like straw and and uh, byproducts are a higher price even some straws going for 180 200 a ton That's so high. everything is high yeah well, tell me a little bit about the business. Ruin, you know, it's, it's from my grandparents, by the way, Rufus and Annie. It comes from their name. So when they, my dad started and partnered with my dad, that's what he put the, put the names together. That's what got Ruin. Anyways, me and my brother and sister, we are milking. We have two uh, different dairy operations, one milking 1,200, one milking 3,600. And, uh, and we have about 8,000 acres. We grow feed for our own cows. We're able to grow most of our hay and all of our corn silage and wheat silage. And then uh, we do have uh, about 4,500 acres of almonds and wine grapes. And so we have about 2,200 acres of each of uh, wine grapes and 2,200 acres of almonds, and also uh, 400 acres of pistachios. 
And so that's certainly a diversification for a byproduct. And we do the same thing on the show side. On our registration side, we sell, uh, we have our own embryo lab. So we're selling semen, we're selling embryos, we're selling live cattle. And as part of the whole uh, business, we try to be as diversified as we can, not just rely on milk price and uh, have other sources of income. No, I mean, that's what we're seeing here in Wisconsin, too, people finding ways to diversify their income so it's not just fluid milk. Is that common in California as well? It's more common now. More, you know, last uh, 10, 15 years, more dairymen are getting into other products, especially like almonds, product, you know, uh, permanent crops are easy and it helps support the dairy. So yeah. some will sell extra, have extra land for to sell corn, you know, have corn or soybeans that they don't use all in the place or rent some land and do that. So I know there's other people try are looking for things like that, but it's getting more common in California for to have diversified operations and not, we've been doing it for, since we started, it was cotton, cotton farming and dairy. And then after when cotton prices went down, then we looked for other things, end up being grapes and uh, almonds. First it was wine, it was grapes, the different, you can do raisins, you can do uh, table grapes, you can do wine. We ended up going just with the wine just because it was a more consistent income than the other two, so. Wisconsin and probably many other states are facing a labor shortage right now. And I don't know if California is having some of those same issues because you have a larger population and a younger population. Yeah, people are having some issues, but we do have a wide base to pull from. And one advantage we can have is there's a lot of field workers and our seasonal workers, and people will come from the fields to the dairies because it's 12 hour, 12, 12 months of work instead of just eight or six or 10. And so there's a year round working. And, uh, and so, anyway, so that's the benefit is we do can pull from the field laborers like that. But then on the other hand, we still lose laborers to like construction and other ones that can offer more money, more better benefits. And so uh, it's a it's a pretty high turnover for some people. What are the politics right now surrounding migrant labor? I mean, are farmers trying to get make it easier for migrants to, to work, or is there still pushback on that? No, you know, on dairies, especially in farms, it's almost all migrant labor. You know, so we're used to it and we're supportive of it. We like to have a green card program to stimulate that. And uh, anyway, so it's very, farmers especially are very supportive any type of immigration programs to, to support them and support their their workers and, and you know, and make, and legal, really. We don't want illegal ones either. You know, we want everybody to follow the rules, but we're very supportive of any programs. Again, that's Patrick Maddox. With a little glimpse of dairying in California, Maddox operates Ruan Genetics over there. At World Dairy Expo, more than 2,300 animals are housed on grounds at Alliant Energy Center in Madison, Owners of the cattle represent three countries, the United States, Canada, and Italy, but only animals in North America can be exhibited at World Dairy Expo. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.